the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. Welcome in. Uh, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for being a part of the show. Stocks had a rather uneventful return after the long weekend. Not so much with crypto, though. Crypto stumbled, to say the least. El Salvador adopted it as an official currency. They're buying the dip, so it says the president, Nayib Bukele. El Salvador now owns nearly $26 million worth of Bitcoin. Hmm. Was that a buy on the rumor, sell on the news type of scenario? Looks like it. 75% of U.S. adults have now received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, but with the health crisis still raging, President Biden will lay out a six-pronged strategy to beat the latest wave in a speech tomorrow, while the WHO, 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 the World Health Organization, WHO, said that COVID may just become part of our normal, regular life. They give it as booster shots forevermore or just add another one to the flu shot. That's not the worst thing I've ever heard. I've heard worse. Listen to this. What age do you want to retire? That's a quick question for you. What age do you want to retire? The share of people expecting to work past the age of 62 has dropped to 50.1%. You know, we have the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell. And he's the king of the bankers, and he gets other bankers together, all the dukes and the lords, and they, they robble, and they come up with monetary policy based on financial conditions in their uh, regions. Well, they also do surveys, and the survey that they did was they found that the number of people who expect to work past the age of 62 dropped to 50.1%. That's the lowest level on record. The other 49.9% may have let their parents throw out their rare Pokemon cards and baseball cards, and now they just have to work. <laughs> um, lesson learned. That's a pretty even split. I myself am above 50. I'm below 60. And I do wonder, how long will I work? My goal was to get to a point where I don't have to work, and I've hit that goal many times over. I make more from my investment income at this point in time than I do from my salary. That's interesting, right? So I've never lived off anything but my salary. So I'm not playing with the, the bank's money, but how long will I work? There's a lot of studies about sleep and being tied towards Alzheimer's disease, which my grandmother had and my mother had that I'm like, well, maybe I should stop working and get some more sleep and screw this getting up at 4, 4.30 in the morning thing. Good news and bad news. Mergers and 
acquisitions. They're a big part of the health of the stock market. Think of it as an ecology. Think of it as like you have to have great white sharks to go with the humpback whales, to go with the dolphins, to go with the fish, to go with the plankton. They all kind of work together. The plankton dies off, everything dies off. Merge and acquisition activity hit 1.8 trillion in the US and 3.6 trillion globally through the first eight months of the year. That's on track to break the record. When companies look around at each other and go, I love you, do you wanna get married? It's kind of a good sign slash bad sign. Good in the fact that they're looking at each other and saying, I see value in you. Let's give you a 10%, 20%, 30% premium and I'll buy you. Can't buy me love, love. Well, you can buy love on Wall Street. If you have enough money, you can go out and acquire other companies. AT&T spun off its Warner Media division and combined it with Discovery to better compete in the streaming wars. Square planted a flag in the growing buy now, pay later sector by acquiring Afterpay for $29 billion. So these are the acquisitions. You don't have to have a company that's going to be the next Apple. You can have a company that is acquired by Apple. In one of the cooler M&A deals so far this year, in my opinion, and I know you're saying, how cool are you thinking? This is pretty cool. John Deere bought a Silicon Valley robotics startup to accelerate its development of autonomous farm equipment. Um, I just think that sounds cool. When you could have a phrase that you can say out loud that John Deere has bought two agricultural robotic companies in the past couple of years. Greater automation robotics. Now again, is this all gonna go bad on me when the robots turn and I get run over by a tractor? When the robots want to take over the charging depots of the world and I'm standing at a charging depot and it's all gonna go quite bad. But, Farming is one of those areas where we do need to get to the 21st century. The future is now. We need to figure out our crops better and better every year. When we have droughts, when we have floods, it's a problem. So I would say the big technological advances in farming in the last ooh, 20 years would be GPS. So the tractors can now kind of guide themselves. Connectivity and digital solutions came about in 2011. Automation and machine learning started in 2015, and now you're getting into full autonomous tractors. Automation and autonomy of machines enables farmers to address the challenges head-on of weather, changing markets, fewer available resources. I kind of like this acquisition story. I'm a little bit nerdy and I'm a little bit rock and roll and I'm a little bit nerdy. But anytime there's deals and acquisitions, that's good for the banks. So Goldman Sachs, when I tell you that we're on a record pace for mergers and acquisitions this year, there's usually someone who sets these two companies up and helps the deal go through. That's Goldman Sachs in this case. They're the one that I gravitate towards. 2021 has been the busiest year for IPO since 2000. Something 279 companies have IPO'd this year. Easily beat even last year's total. So a lot of mergers and acquisitions. 
but also a lot of IPOs, new companies coming to the market. I'm a little bit more apprehensive about IPOs than I am about mergers and acquisitions. I think mergers and acquisitions take some players out of the market. I think it sometimes sets valuations when companies look at each other and say, I think you're worth X or 2X or 3X. It helps me figure out what's worth X, 2X or 3X. IPOs, on the other hand, we can get too many of them. Um, and there's going to be more this fall, including Chobani, Discord, Reddit, Instacart, and Rivian. Rivian is going to be the interesting one. In my opinion, electric vehicle play, likes of a Tesla. Apple yesterday said, save the date for some new iPhones. A September 14 will be the release of the new iPhone 13 lineup. Nothing expected to be super fancy about it. A new A15 chip. New professional editor level photo and video resolution. Maybe the notch disappears. Maybe it's smaller. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com robblackshow.com Watching a documentary on 9-11 on Netflix and it's really an interesting one in the sense that it's it's not about the death and the destruction it's about the policies that were in place that allowed this to happen how America in the 1980s was fascinated by Russia and Ronald Reagan missed the opportunity to see the radical Muslim fundamentalist fundamentalist rise um something we paid for something we financed afghanistan to beat russia but how close we were to shutting down osama bin laden who we knew was a problem but also the emergency services and how they worked together and didn't work together and how they knew or didn't know it's a pretty interesting documentary that again the thing that i'm getting out of it so far is we were looking completely the wrong way and as an investor, I, I think that's important too. I could say Apple has pushed past the $2.5 trillion market valuation. And to me, that's more concern than it is glory. Because Wall Street will ask, how will they make $2.5 trillion in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years? Um, will we still be using phones in 30, 35 years? Or will it be embedded into our head is a question that I have. And again, I'm kidding on that. But... It does bring more concern as it gets higher and higher up there. We've never had a company this big in the world. One of the things that I'm slightly happy about and slightly unhappy about is that the Shang-Chi movie has done really a nice job of getting people's butts back in theaters. The Legend of the Ten Rings. I like that the movie theater stocks are moving higher on that news versus movie theaters moving higher on the news of, you know, becoming a meme stock. Um, one thing that I'm very pleased about what's happening right now with meme stocks is that they're getting a lot of young people into, uh, into investing. 
they may not be old enough to vote. They may not be old enough to go to war. They may not be old enough to drink alcohol or buy alcohol. Is there a difference? But the teenagers, they can't vote, but they sure can buy stocks. I think that's actually okay. On one level, I hate it because you don't want to ever confuse a hot stock market or a hot meme stock market with brains. There was a point in time in the 1990s where I was able to buy any stock that had the word .com at the end of it, and it would go higher. Because all across this country, people fell in love with the idea of, I can buy a stock of something called .com, and I could turn $10,000 into $12,000. I could turn $100,000 into $120,000, maybe in a week, maybe in a month. So I'm really, really okay I've seen this happen before and a lot of people get burned, but then they go, next time I do this, I need to do it better. I like seeing teenagers buy shares of company like Roblox more so than GameStop. So it still has got me a little bit crazy, but I'm okay with that. I was reading an article in Barron's about a young man who enjoys the video game Roblox. So he put $1,000 into Roblox and he got a 25% gain and roughly has $200 to show for it. It was $800. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not spending his money. But he's a junior in high school. And if he goes on to be a doctor or a lawyer, maybe a restaurant manager, he'll have already learned how to buy and sell a stock. And I, I think that's okay. Again, do I want him to make a career out of it? Nope. Do I want him to get too confident? Nope. Do I want him to use his college money on it? Nope. But I'm okay a little bit with the meme stock world being an introduction a platform. I've seen it before. I'll see something like it again. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We are moving into the last quarter of the year. So we're essentially, what, 60 to 70% done now. And we just got September, October, November, December. And those are times that kind of get a little distracting with Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um We've gone from back to school to, you know, what's next? Big spending categories for sure, but also a lot of time off. The market's done a lot of hard work this year. And um, I feel pretty good. American Airlines Pilots Union is going to strike over fatigue. That's a story that I don't like seeing. So... And this is a story that really shows you that we haven't figured out the labor market coming off of COVID quite yet. The union representing American Airline pilots said that it is thinking about picketing because their pilots are fatigued and don't have adequate accommodation over the summer. So hotels aren't able to figure out how to get airline crews in and out. So it's not just the airlines who are like, trying to schedule demand issues correctly, but the hotels aren't figuring it out either. So the crews oftentimes are left scrambling for 
finding their own places to crash in between flights. I shouldn't say the word crash between flights, should I? <laughs> That's never a good thing. Jinx is what I'm supposed to say when I say that. Um, one of the more interesting things that I want to do, and for the record, have you seen that Grimace from McDonald's is, a McDonald's manager told us what he is. He's that big purple thing. And I always thought he was like a beat, or I, I never figured out what the hell he was. And as a child, that always upset me. Now I'm learning out something that even upsets me more. A manager at McDonald's, a franchisee, said, oh, Grimace, he's a taste bud. I'm like, what? Say that again, what? Three, two, one, what? Yeah, that big purple thing's a taste bud. So one of the areas that I need to do a little bit better on, because I can get caught up in the daily news, is just some quick strategy hits, like jab, 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 punch. Jab, 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 uppercut. Credit cards. They're incredibly useful for building credit. Start using credit right away when you get out of high school slash college. Make your payments on time. Build a credit score is important. Um, I prefer most people's first credit cards to be a secured credit card. Um, I think the first person you date shouldn't be a supermodel. I think you build up to it. Same thing with credit. You build up to it. Um, pay your bills all on time get your rent included in your credit score if you can just google how to get rent put onto credit score I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more find me at robblackshow.com an education first approach to managing your money this is the Rob Black Show invest in what is really important Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. In the past 30 years, you've seen a wealth transfer from the young to the old. Listen to this. In 1989, Americans under 35 had a net worth two times their annual income. Today, that number is in half. For those over 35, the trend reverses. Our nation's oldest now have wealth 14 times their income, up from nine times in 1989. The older are getting wealthier that's good news for me because I'm getting older. <laughs> Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how fair are you today? Uh, getting older like you, Rob. As, you know, we've been talking for a long time, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, any concern when I throw down a stat like that that the young are not saving as much as they used to back in 1990? Uh, they're not saving the equivalent of their salary and the older we get, we're saving more? Or is that just too out of context to even comment on the old versus the young? No, I mean, you know, there certainly is concern, especially now we have the, you and I have the benefit of some age here and some, uh, the a, a true appreciation for the power of compounding. Um, and you just have to get started, you know, um, to, in, in any capacity, you know, even if you can't afford to you know, say max out, you know, your 15% contribution or anything like that. I mean, it's it's just getting started and, and letting the power of a compounding work for you over uh, decades, frankly. So, um, you know, all we can do is 
with the benefit of wisdom and age is to impart that uh, idea to to younger people. Sounds good. Um, what do we have on the markets right now? It feels like not a lot of action. We're waiting for something, and I don't know what exactly we're waiting for. I guess we had the jobs report last week that we could talk about. But what's next? Yeah, I, I think that uh, that is the question right here, right? I, we, I, we sort of know what's next, and it's probably not until the latter half of this month. Um, Congress is, is out of session right now. Um, you'll see the uh, – <clears throat> um, um, you know, both the House and the Senate come back in coming weeks, and they've got a lot on their plate as soon as they walk in the door. Um, you know, we heard this morning Treasury Secretary Yellen uh, remind uh, Congress that, uh, you know, she she thinks that the extraordinary measures they're, help, they're employing to, uh, you know, not reach the debt limit are likely to be exhausted sometime next month. So you're going to have the debt ceiling issue to tackle when when Congress is back. You'll have uh, the idea of needing to, uh, you know, fund the appropriations bills and maybe needing to get a continuing resolution to make sure the government doesn't shut down on October 1. And then, uh, and then of course, we have the whole infrastructure matter, uh, which um, got a new wrinkle this morning, you know, based on an Axios report that's suggesting that Senator Manchin, who's a Democrat from West Virginia, um, is, is really not on board at all with the three and a half trillion dollar human infrastructure price tag uh, suggesting that you know he might support something as much as one and a half trillion you know but maybe no more than a trillion uh, so that's a that's a big gap between the headline figure and, and where he's at and where he's at is really important because the Democrats you know don't um, I mean, if you count the tie-breaking vote from the vice president, you know, they have the slimmest of majorities there in the Senate uh, to get that measure passed through the reconciliation process. But if, you know, if you lose Senator Manchin, um, that becomes a much more challenging uh, road to run. And it just creates, you know, some ongoing uncertainty about what the fate of that uh, infrastructure bill is going to be, the timing, the scope, uh, and what potential impact there may or may not be on the stock market by way of uh, higher corporate tax rates. So your page one, which is at briefing.com, it's something I read each and every morning, had the headline that I think is summing everything up for me, hesitant tone, was your title, so to speak, this morning. Um, yeah. How does that play out? Because um, I, I saw like um, the American Airlines, they may strike, their pilots are fatigued they're flying a lot and they don't have hotel rooms to stay in. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's a little weird. It's, it's not, the economy's not opening up. It's a little bit hesitant. Something doesn't feel right to me. Is that what you're getting at with hesitant tone or is it a little bit more commitment? Where are you going at with that? Well, I was really just going at uh, where I was, where I was headed anyway, was just the idea that the stock market, has had uh, quite a run, uh, obviously. Um, you know, we're up 20% or so year to date before dividends coming into today. Um, even in you know more recent weeks in this quarter, it's been yet another great run for the for the market. I mean, the S&P 500 was up close to 5% um, uh, for the quarter coming into today. So uh, the hesitancy comes in with the idea that the market is. Uh, many people fear that it's due for some type of pullback of some size. Um, you hear a lot in the press right now about how they're, 
S&P 500 hasn't had a, a 5% drawdown in more than 200 days. Uh, you hear the uh, analog that the month of September is typically, on average, you know, the worst month for the S&P 500. Um, and you know that there's a lot of kind of event risk out there on the horizon, ranging from uh, uh, coronavirus to monetary policy to fiscal policy uh, or legislative risk, I should say. And, and so, um, so there's some hesitancy here and there's some concerns about valuations being stretched. And so there's just not a lot of conviction at the moment on the part of buyers who have obviously enjoyed quite a nice return. Uh, and, and I think there is now this wait and see mentality, a little bit of a inclination to maybe take, uh, take some money off the table, pair positions here in big runners uh, as we wait to see, you know, what comes down the pipe. I mean, one of the things that we've been pointing out, you know, all year, of course, is that, you know, this persistence of low interest rates has, has been the mainstay of support for the equity market. And uh, while the 10-year note yield has come up a little bit this week, I mean, we're still under 1.4%. And, um, and, and you, you know, on a real basis, interest rates are still negative. So you still kind of have uh, the inclination to take some, you know, to trim some positions, you know, juxtaposed with the understanding that it's, it's hard to get return anywhere else because interest rates are so low. So it kind of feeds right back into that Tina argument and the desire to kind of sit back and watch and then redeploy capital in the equity market if you get some type of pullback phase. So a couple more thoughts on this. With mortgage rates falling or with interest rates low, like you mentioned, it's interesting that mortgages aren't really picking up the slack and seeing more demand. Is that a little bit of the hesitancy? Is that a little bit of the interest rates aren't sparking us anymore? Mm -hmm. Well, some of it is supply related, I would argue. Um, there just okay. you know aren't and you know enough homes out there to uh, entice uh, or, or you know to to satisfy the demand. But at the same time. There's also an awareness that there's been huge price appreciation, too. Um, and I think you're seeing a little bit of uh, sticker shock on the part of some prospective buyers, really, and, and some worries that, you know, the housing market might be headed for a, um, uh, a correction of its own. Um, you know, obviously, we have the memory of the housing bubble that's not that far away. Um, different circumstances uh, as to what kind of fueled that bubble. But nonetheless, when you get, you know, home prices going up 17, 18% year over year, um, well above the rate of income growth, um, there's concerns about affordability pressures and just sort of that nagging sense that you're buying at the top of a, of a boom period and may be stuck with a, you know, with an asset that may not appreciate or, or actually depreciates for several years here. And, and for a lot of first-time home buyers, that's daunting because, uh, you know, history shows that a lot of people don't, you know, stay in their home for their first home anyway for a super long time. And so I think that's adding to the, to the hesitant tone within the housing market. And I should add, you know, we heard out of Pulte Home today, Pulte Group, um, you know, that they, they kind of cut their uh, expectations for the number of homes they're going to close this year just based on supply chain issues as well. In other words, they, you know, they can't get the materials they need uh, to satisfy the level of quality that they want to deliver for their prospective homeowners. And so that's, you know, again, crimping their own sales potential. And that's something that's, you know, occurring industry-wide. 
got a little over a minute left. Mr. O'Hare, is there anything that you're working on that you want to bring to our attention? Well, I have to admit, I'm, I'm actually going to be out this week, uh, the remainder of the week, starting tomorrow. So I'm not going to be posting anything to the big picture column as I normally do on Friday. Um, but we just, you know, again, just kind of remind listeners about uh, being aware that there's a, a propensity for, you know, increased volatility in the latter half of the month here as, you know, we get back into the, the legislative risk factors of the continuing resolution, the debt ceiling, and the infrastructure debate. So, um, you know, the debt ceiling could be the, the real uh, piece of drama there, but hopefully we don't go there. But um, in any case, watch out for that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's probably prudent to be a little bit cautious here in the near term. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of international as well as domestic information. I find it to be a very useful resource. Anytime someone drops me an email and says, hey, what do you think about XYZ? I can open up my briefing and I can try to find out a little bit about the sector, a little bit about the stock, a little bit about what the analysts are thinking. There's a ton of content there that covers everything from new IPOs and why they're IPOing. What's the story behind the stock, so to speak? Um, really good site, really reliable information. Find out more at briefing.com. Find out more about me and who I work with at EP Wealth by going to Rob Black's show. You can get a copy of this show. You can get a copy of a long interview I did on the economy. You can get much, much more at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. There are no great stories on Wall Street today. There was a sales warning out of Sherwin-Williams, and they blamed the ability not to source raw materials. Pulte Group said supply chain issues have increased during the second half of the year, which is going to impact their ability to get homes closed to the level of quality over the remainder of the year. Hawaiian Holdings cut its third quarter revenue forecast. Hawaiian Holdings is basically Hawaiian Airlines. They cited a deceleration of bookings due to the rise in cases associated with the Delta variant. An increase in cancellation that it believes has been accelerated by the governor's warning that now is not a good time to come to Hawaii. Which makes me want to go. <laughs> Don't ever tell me what not to do. Oh, and the sun god came up and he erupted at the volcano for blowing the mistress of the wind seas away. I hate all things tourism. I was reading one of those um, uh, Vox Media kind of websites that talked about the top 25 worst tourist destinations. And I was like, I'm going to want to hit some of those in my life. Like I want to see the, the balcony that Romeo threw his love at Juliet. Actually, I really don't. But anyway, let's digress. The job openings report came in, and there's a lot of jobs that are not being filled. There's something funkalicious about this stock market and the economy. There's something weird. It's not quite right. One of the things I want to do on this show, when there are days like today where there's not a lot of stories driving us, is talk about strategy. Today we get negative corporate updates. We get relative outperformance in value stocks. Tech stocks underperform. They're weighing on the NASDAQ. Nothing really going on. So I want you to learn how to save more, save faster, invest better. Good financial planning practices, it's just like brushing your teeth. 
I brush my teeth two to three times a day. When people tell me they brush their teeth once a day, I'm like, ew, ew. I become very, very French and disgusted at them. You disgust me. You and your dirty teeth. You and your gums that are all janky. Yes, I live in a world in my head that it's probably fun to visit, but not to stay. So planning to save more and make wiser investments is often what we should be thinking about when it comes to our month-to-month habits. You should set some objectives. Do you want to save $2,000 or do you want to save $10,000? Me, I want to save $10,000. This year, do you want to invest more or less than you did last year? Just some objectives, it helps. You should know how much you can save. I've hit a point where I can invest a lot more than I have. And that's like a wonderful thing. Um, Because I used to have to keep my expenses under control if I wanted to invest more. So to me, it would come down to, do I want to do three vacations this year or two? If I do two, I'm going to invest the rest. If I do three, I'm uh, I'm going to try to look at my budget and figure out where I can skip. You should really get to know your risk profile. I am of the belief that money is not that important. To me, money is a way of getting to age 60 and then coasting from 60 to 100 with food in my belly and travel beneath my wings. I know you're saying travel beneath your wings. To me, money is just an ends to a mean of quality of life. I don't need it to be superfluous. I don't need it to be super high end. I don't need a butler. Kind of want a butler, but I don't need one, so I don't get one. But knowing your risk profile is really important based on your psychology and basically can be broken down into the old bungee jumping analogy. Some people go bungee jumping. Some people do not. I think that's it. It's not in their nature. I myself do not want to bungee jump. No interest in it in any way, shape, or form. I don't think I have to live life on the edge. I can't prepare for my life if I'm living on the edge. One of the things that I'm fond of is that I have an Acorns account. Yes, I have a lot of stock positions that are very sexy, like Nike and Disney and Apple. Woohoo, that's so sexy. Companies that were around when I was a child. So it's not that sexy, is it? And Disney, for the record. Oh. Shang-Chi. They've got a, a big hit on their hands with that. And I think you're going to see more cultural superheroes because that was something Disney was afraid to do for a long period of time. And they have a smash hit on their hands right now. And that bus scene, holy mackerel, what a fight scene. Anyhow, I'm digressing. Um, so what, what I was trying to say there is I use an account like Acorns. Acorns, you can go download and you can set it up to your bank account. It'll take you 10 minutes or less, five minutes if you don't, if you know where your bank uh, uh, check is. You punch in your check number, you transfer money from your bank to your Acorns account, you punch in your debit card number, your credit card numbers, and every time you buy something, it automatically rounds it up from a buck seventy-five to $2 and it invests 25 cents for you. I love that I use that product. It shows you that I don't have to be the all stock guy or all index guy. 
I also use professional money managers. Uh, the investment policy committee at EP Wealth handles a large chunk of my wealth. There are 10 analysts looking at stocks. I'm one. I like that idea of diversification of mindset. So I don't have all my eggs in one basket, so to speak. I've got a little bit of diversity. Even though I come across as sexy, sexy stock guy, I don't mind saving some money in something boring like acorns, which is just rounding up money and buying ETFs. Boring, granny panties, nothing sexy about it. But I'm okay with it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point. The Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.